Welcome in to the First Draft Podcast. And if you're listening to this show, let's be honest, you're probably here for Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. I'm Field Yates, just along for the ride, as we are every Tuesday, usually out around 4 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to watch us on video, you can go to the ESPN YouTube page. But I must start today by feeling a little bit like Mel Kuyper Jr. Draft season kicked into hyperdrive last week when we had two blockbusters. Did it feel more real to you on Friday afternoon? The draft is less than a month away now. Yeah, I feel it was incredible because I, I got a reaction you know, to the initial trade, and I was like, why did Miami move to 12? I, there's no way I was ever going to project, Todd. You can talk about this when we're doing mocks. I was never going to project San Francisco at 12 going up to three because I figured Miami can't move back to 12 and lose out on those receivers. So my initial reaction when I heard that was, what's Miami doing? And there was method to the madness when about 10 seconds later, you found out that it was tied to the ability to go up from 12 to six with the Philadelphia Eagles to get back into that uh, opportunity at the, to get a receiver. So for me, a great move by the Miami Dolphins. They lose nothing by essentially going from three to six. They yeah. pick up a 2023 first round pick and a third rounder in 2022. Uh, and, they, and they lose nothing. So that, that's a great move for Miami. Uh, for the 49ers, they, they, they feel like they've uh, isolated the quarterback that they feel can be spectacular in a division now with Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray. Uh, they don't want to be fourth in the division, so they went out and got the guy that they feel can be spectacular. And, and let's we don't know who that is. Is it Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields? We don't know. We can speculate today about that. Yeah. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they pick up draft choices as well, moving down from 6 to 12, essentially taking themselves out of the opportunity to get a receiver for Jalen Hurts, their young quarterback. So Philadelphia said, uh-uh, we're going to get extra picks. We'll lose Chase, we'll lose Smith, we'll lose Waddle, we'll lose Pitts, but we're okay with that. Yeah, we'll I've been, I've been more. given – Go ahead, Todd. I was just going to say, I, I've been giving Miami a lot of credit for their, their coaching staff and their front office for, for many weeks on this podcast. They're, it's a different organization than it, than it has been in the past probably 15, 20 years. And Chris Greer, give him a lot of credit for this move. It's not easy to make a, a three-team deal, and that's essentially what happened. I mean, it, Chris Greer had worked out the, the, you know, the whole situation with Philadelphia, and that was the only reason that he would make a deal with, with San Francisco, knowing that they would move back to 12, but then be able to move up to six to be square in the, that wide receiver pass-catching market. So, you know, if Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, is gone, they get Jamar Chase, the, the, wide, receiver, uh, the wide receiver from LSU. And if they don't get Jamar Chase, they get Jalen Waddell, or Devontae Smith from Alabama. So they're going to wind up getting those additional picks that Mel just talked about and also getting a big-time receiver, maybe one of Tua Tungabayaloa's former teammates at Alabama, to come in and be that number one guy moving forward. So let's, we're going to zoom in on both of those trades again. I was just sort of saying the draft feels more real because we had so much action, right? So for those, but then again, you guys live in the draft 365 days a year. Well, and it was fresh off of the, the Zach Wilson performance in his pro day. And it's just a pro day. It is what it is. But that throw that he makes, you know, 50, 60 yards down the field, rolling to his left. And then all of a sudden, you know, that, that kind of goes away. And then all of a sudden we've got two trades that impact the top 15 of the draft hugely. I mean, it, it was a wild day. It certainly was. So let's get really deep into each of these trades. And we'll start, Mel, with you with the first trade that went down, which was part A of a two-part sequence, which is that the 49ers move up from pick 12 this year to pick number three, originally owned by Houston, but traded to Miami as part of the Laramie Tunsil trade. Houston, excuse me, San Francisco gives up 12, a first-round pick next year, and a first-round pick in 2023 as well, plus a 2022 compensatory third round pick so three additional picks to move up nine slots and Mel when you hear that the 49ers are going up to pick three what's your first reaction to their new slot in the draft they got they have isolated a quarterback that Kyle Shanahan feels like and John Lynch feels like and boy put us over the top that we have all this talent we were in the Super Bowl, could have won that Super Bowl very easily, had our quarterback made a few more throws uh, in that eight-minute mark of the fourth quarter when it was like the, they were going to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And now to get back, injuries obviously decimated them this past year uh, in a variety of positions. But uh, I think they feel like, what's a 2022 first and a 2023 first? They're hoping it's around uh, 30, 32. 
Uh, so they're not really that concerned about that for what their expectations of this football team are, the third round picks, the late third anyway. So for them, if they, they knew that we talked about, Todd, the feeding frenzy for quarterbacks. And yep. they could not wait to 12. I thought Mac Jones could be there at 15. Obviously, they don't agree. Carolina at eight now. What are they going to do? They, this, has, this has that ripple effect on a lot of teams, particularly Carolina. But San Francisco feels like, hey, Trevor's going one, Zach goes two, we got a quarterback at three, whether it's, like I say, Lance, Mac Jones, or, or Justin Fields. One of those three we love, and we want to be our quarterback after maybe Garoppolo's a bridge for a year or six games. We'll see what it ends up being. But they got a quarterback that they're excited about. Yeah, this is interesting, man. It really is because what Kyle Shanahan has, has been accustomed to is really a, a pocket passer, a guy who can throw play action, who can work from inside the pocket hit had one of the, you know, the best years coaching with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, but you also look at kind of the history there. You've got Matt Ryan who was immobile in that Super Bowl in the second half and, and took that sack late in the game. And it probably cost them the Super Bowl. I mean, there were a lot of other plays that they cost them the Super Bowl, but they had a chance to win that Super Bowl. And Matt Ryan takes the sack with as an immobile quarterback. And then Pat Mahomes, he watches, you know, what he was able to do in the second half of that Super Bowl with the mobility and the ability to extend plays. To me, the first, the first thought I had when this trade went down was Trey Lance makes all the sense in the world. Kyle Shanahan might want to expand his, his catalog, if you will, in terms of his offensive play calling and have someone who can make a play when the initial play breaks down. And, and he also has 17 starts at the FCS level. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo there for a year, can kind of be a bridge, uh, you know, a gap bridge, if you will, like Mahomes was in Kansas City with Alex Smith. And, and it will give Kyle time to work with Lance and get his footwork right and, and make him more accurate. That's the only hole in his game. But then you hear guys in the league and, and, and some, some reporters that we trust saying, you know, don't sleep on Mac Jones. You know, he, he fits exactly what Kyle Shanahan's looking for in terms of being able to pick things up quickly, being ready to go, and what, he, what he's able to do mentally. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't think Justin Fields from Ohio State is, is going to be the pick. But I, I'm 50-50 right now on whether it's Lance, the more mobile guy who needs developing, or Mac Jones, who could probably come in and, and compete for that starting job, even though he only had 17 starts in college. But just mentally, he is so prepared uh, in terms of being able to read coverage and what he can do. I want to make sure that I ask you about Justin Fields in a moment again. But Mel, there, there are plenty of conversations to be had about what the 49ers will do. But none of us, maybe except for John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Adam Peters, their assistant general manager, and their owner, Jed York, probably know what the real intention is right now. Let me just ask you this simply, Mel. What would you do if we presume Trevor Lawrence goes one, easy part, Zach Wilson goes two, which feels more and more likely by the day. What would you do if the rest of the board is available and you're the 49ers at pick three? I would take Justin Fields, but that, that's me. Uh, the Mac Jones thing, and I'll go to Mac Jones. Todd, where do you have him on your board? I got him at 12. And you, I, I remember a lot of GMs back in the day would always say, we put this, this exercise of putting a board together is done for a reason. And I know a lot of boards changed the night before the draft. Everybody would show up to draft morning and the board would be different from the night before. We've heard all those stories. <laughs> but I think you do all these rankings and ratings for a reason. And you got to trust your board. And I think that protects you against certain things. And then you see where quarterbacks ultimately end up much higher than normally we grade them. I'll ask you, Todd. I have a 12 right now. I'm talking about Mac Jones. Where do you have him on your big board? Mac Jones, I have at 14 as the fourth right. quarterback ahead of – Head of Justin Fields, who's right behind him at 15. Right. So, yeah, okay. So, you would take, based on the – we're talking about right – I would take, take Trey Lance. Lance. I would take Trey Lance. I would Lance. take Justin Fields. They'll probably take Mac Jones. So, <laughs> they'll take the 14th guy on your board, the 12th guy on my board. Some get people have him in the 30s. Um, Mac Jones, you know, is a remarkable story. This is even more remarkable than Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow went number one and he had played, and he had you know, improved, and he had all that those things. But he had legs. He he could be, he single handedly beat Alabama with his legs. And you think about Mac Jones, 
and where he is. And now I know Kyle, Mike Shanahan drafted Kirk Cousins when he drafted RG3. So there's a Kirk Cousins comparison there. That was a fourth round pick as opposed to the third pick overall. But it's going to be a bit fascinating. We said Trey Lance was the most fascinating player I've ever graded. Now, Todd, you would probably agree with that. Uh, and now you factor Mac Jones into the debate. What the 49ers do is going to be a, a critical decision. But I think we all agree that Mac Jones is now in rarefied air that we, did never, we never would have expected him to be in. Yeah, and when you compare the two quarterbacks, Burrow versus Mac Jones, just feeding off of your point, Mel, I mean, Burrow had Justin Jefferson, who we saw what he did as a rookie in the NFL, Jamar Chase in 2019, who had a record-setting season for, I think, receiving touchdowns and receiving yards in the SEC, and Terrace Marshall, who, who's going to be, you know, a top 50 pick in this year's draft. So, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was a, the only first-round running back drafted last year, so he was surrounded by a lot of talent. Joe Brady was in there for the one year and clearly got the best out of Joe Burrow. So I think there's a real strong comparison between the two. And that's part of the reason why I don't think it's completely, you know, out of pocket to say that the number three pick for San Francisco could be Mac Jones in this year's draft. Here's what I wonder then, Mel, and Todd, you as well. So I think I just, if I recall, 12 on Mel's board for Mac Jones and 14 on Todd's board for Mac Jones. The 49ers moved all the way up to three and paid a stiff price to do so, Mel. I understand that you mentioned how, hey, what are those first-round picks worth if they're in the late 30s because they're that good? But still, you know, if, 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 they don't go, if things don't go well, they could be, you know, could be pick 12 in 2022 and pick 14 in 2023 or what have you. Did they have to move this far up the board? Like, if Mac Jones is their target, could they have called Cincinnati, Miami, who obvious, or Philadelphia at pick six and said, hey, what if we do the, you know, a comparable trade with a slightly lower price tag? I think what happens, when you, you feel like you have the guy, and Todd mentioned, okay, Joe Burrow went number one. If Mac's moving up that far and they feel like, and it doesn't really matter what everybody else, if they feel he's going to be a great quarterback and he's perfect for a fit for what they're trying to do there, mm-hmm. you don't make the move. You, know, you don't worry about what other people think and other people have in terms of ratings. Uh, you know, we talked about New England would be an ideal fit at 15. I remember saying that to a personnel guy in the league, and he said, we, we, the comment to me was coming back, uh, after we talked about a week or two later, he said, well, you know, a good friend of mine has Mac Jones going into top 15. I said, who is he? He said, Mel Kiper. Like, basically <laughs> mocking my top 15 prediction. Like, you're crazy. Is Mac Jones in the top 15? Are you crazy? Are you nuts? What's wrong with you? That's not going to happen. And now we're talking about the third pick overall. So you got to, I guess, adjust and realize that, hey, if a team feels like this is our guy, I don't think they really care. They felt like, okay, Carolina had Mac Jones at the Singer Bowl. Carolina's picking eight. Carolina maybe had some plans about a veteran like Deshaun Watson, but that's obviously very iffy right now. So now all of a sudden they're worried about Carolina. If you had Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl and Matt Rule did, how can they not love him? Mm-hmm. So I guess they, you know, hey, if we don't get the three and take Mac Jones, Carolina could go from eight to three and get Mac Jones. So you start believing and thinking that way, and maybe it's true, and that's why it leads to a big trade like that going up from 12 to three. Yeah, and John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan as well, like they – they don't make this deal, Mel, without having the, the assumption, at least, that Trevor Lawrence is going one to Jacksonville and Zach Wilson's going number two, either to the Jets or a team that moves up. So they clearly, and I know they said in the press conference that they haven't made the decision on, on who the guy is, and maybe that's because if Zach Wilson doesn't go number two, they could take him at, at the number three spot. But ultimately, you have to make that decision. We're all smart enough here. Let's, let's not play games you know that it's very likely, it's a 95% chance that you're looking at Trey Lance from North Dakota State, Justin Fields from Ohio State, and Mac Jones from from Alabama. Those are your choices. So you don't make a move from 12 to 3 and give up two first-round picks and a third-round pick if you don't love one of these guys, one of these three guys. So that's part of the the equation to me is they they have to know who that – that third quarterback in their mind is, or whatever, wherever they put him on the board, they have to know which one is number one out of the second tier, if you will, of those three quarterbacks. Yeah, they're clearly comfortable with at least three quarterbacks in this year's draft. The closest comparison we can make in terms of recent trades was when the Jets on St. Patrick's Day of 2018 traded up to the third pick from six. That was with Indy. They ended up with Sam Darnold. At that time, 
we didn't even know who was going number one, right? Baker Mayfield was a quote-unquote yep. late riser into that first slot, but the Jets were comfortable with at least three quarterbacks. They obviously ended up with Sam Darnold. So well, here's Darnold. the other thing, Field, too. It, just talking to people, the, the 49ers talked to the teams picking at three, four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. They didn't have communication with the, Jet, the Jets, apparently. So they knew that they were going to be somewhere in that range. But if you look at it, if, if we don't, if you're, you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, if we don't move up to three, Carolina is sitting there at eight. Yep. Denver could possibly move up. We don't know. Sure. Uh, New England's sitting there at 15. Um, if, if you can move up from 12, the, the Bears, I know it would be a massive move up, but the Bears are, are still in play and they need a quarterback upgrade for the future. So there are plenty of teams that are around you that could wind up taking that number three spot. And if you've landed on one of these other three quarterbacks in, in Lance, Fields, and Jones, then you've got to get up to three to make sure that you get that guy. And I think that was the reason for this decision. That was the reason this decision was made so early, and that's the reason that they gave up so much in order to go to that number three spot. It's almost daring Carolina as an example. If you move up to six with Philly, it's almost daring Carolina to say, okay, Find the offer it's going to take to persuade Miami to move back from three to eight. So uh, it's all about certainty, right? You're trying to minimize projections in the draft. And the 49ers have done that by, we know they're taking a quarterback at pick three. And we know for sure Trevor Lawrence won't be there. And most likely Zach Wilson will not be there. So Mel, I'll ask you, because I know you are, uh, you've been a supporter. I mean, everybody's been a supporter of Justin Fields, but you have also pushed back on some of the naysayers and the detractors uh, and some of the limitations they pointed out, or at least they have uh, pretended that Justin Fields, or says Justin Fields have, uh, has right now. It's just so odd to me that we're all talking about the possibility of Mac Jones, possibility of Trey Lance, and we're not talking about Justin Fields. Are you shutting the door on Justin Fields going number three overall? And um, should he be in this con- – I know you said you would take him three, but should he be in the conversation based off of what you believe – San Francisco is looking for in a quarterback. Well, I think you have to go with what Todd discussed was it, it, he said it's not going to go there. It's not going to go there. It doesn't matter what Todd thinks. I think mm-hmm. I think Fields, Todd thinks Lance, it's who are they going to take? And if it's going to be Mac Jones, and you got to adjust to everything and say, okay, Mac Jones, I was big on Josh Allen when he came out. He didn't go in that top group. He slid down just a little bit. So again, you know, you look at Herbert last year, went after the top two. Somebody's always going to get knocked a little bit. And in this case, it's, it's been Justin Fields. And I get it. Those two games were not impressive. If you watch them in Indiana, you watch the Northwestern game, you're thinking anything but a first-round quarterback. But there were factors involved in why he performed the way he did. Now, you know, he's nearly 6'3", he's 227 pounds of his pro day. You know, he runs in the 4-4-3 range. You knew that. That was not a surprise. And, and his, his work ethic and how passionate he is about learning and, and developing that talent, and he's going to have a chance, hopefully, to sit for a year uh, as will be the case with the 49er quarterback, whoever that is, if it is Mac Jones or Trey Lance, they're sitting probably behind Jimmy Garoppolo. That seems to be the plan that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have in place. So in Justin Fields' case, hopefully that's the way it falls. But um, we'll see how that goes. I mean, New England and Carolina are two teams that are, you have to believe, at 15 New England and at 8 Carolina, like you said, Todd mentioned Denver, there's still some teams that are got to be sitting there thinking, okay, we're not getting, obviously, Trevor. We're not getting Zach Wilson. We're not getting the third guy. And if it is Mac Jones, if we like Justin Fields, or can we wait to, wait to sit and wait till eight, or do we have to move up? Obviously, at 15, you got to move up if that's the guy you like. Now, if yeah, we don't know. Do they love Justin Fields enough? I don't know how their boards stack up, but I got to believe somebody out there feels like I do about Justin Fields and is willing to get to keep him out. He outplayed Trevor Lawrence. They were one and one A coming out of high school. That was a pressure-packed game that he delivered big time, and he would have delivered big time in a championship game had he not gotten hurt in the semifinal game. So for Trevor, for me, the fact that he beat Trevor the way he did, the fact that he responded to that pressure and dealt with that pressure the way he did, because let's face it, that was a big evaluation game for Justin Fields. And I get the things, we can get into the minutia of it, what he needs to work on, but uh, he's a talent. And that's, he has skills you can't teach and you can't coach. The other things you can maybe work through a little bit. So I, I believe he's going to be a really good quarterback. I think he's the second-best quarterback in this draft. Uh, but others think he's the fourth, fifth-best quarterback in this draft. So he did run in the four fours in the pro, pro day today. What's that? He, he ran in the four fours in his pro day. Yeah, four, four, three. Yeah, he, had the, he was about, up at 227, yeah. Yeah, he's, a, he's an impressive – just physically just so overwhelming. He's a no question. 
he looks like a linebacker out there. The guy is so, so impressive and still and these, all these guys are, but he's so young too, right? He has two years as a starter for a full-time starter at the college level. So let's move to pivot or let's pivot to the second trade here, Todd. And, and not long, heck, the Dolphins hadn't even announced the trade with San Francisco <laughs> yet before the Eagles swooped in and announced, hey, we just moved back from pick six to 12 with Miami. We also picked up a 2022 first round pick. There are a couple of other mid-round picks involved too, but the core of this trade is that Philly goes from 6 to 12, Miami goes from 12 to 6, and Miami submits to Philly their 2022 first-round pick. So they still have San Francisco's. Todd, I'll start with you again. Uh, your initial reaction, understanding that this has tentacles that involve both teams here. Yeah, with Philadelphia, it was, it was interesting to me because you're essentially saying by moving from 6 down to 12 that you're okay with the fact that you're not going to get one of these top four pass catchers. I have a mock draft coming up on Thursday, and I, I have five quarterbacks and four pass catchers in the top nine. And that's, that's how quickly I think things are going to go. So, yeah, is there a chance that, that Devontae Smith from Alabama or his teammate Jalen Waddell fi- uh, falls to 12? There, there's a small chance, but you can't bet on that if you're making this decision. So it, this is all about building the organization moving forward and getting an additional first-round pick next year and knowing that you have a lot of holes on your, your team, and you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl this year with, with Jalen Hurts in his first year as a full-time starter for the entire season. So I think they're, they're taking a, a broader picture view of this whole, whole thing and, and trying to, to look to the future and not being a, a prisoners to, to this year. But it, it surprised me a little bit because that kind of the line is right around eight in terms of if you want to get a pass catcher this year, which Philly desperately needs. They need a difference maker. But I think Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, Jalen Waddell, as I mentioned, and and Devontae Smith from from Alabama, and Jamar Chase from LSU are all going to be off the board in the top 10 picks. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, I would think so too. And so I guess the just to follow up with that one then, Todd, is I, I love, you guys have both said, I think both of you agree with like the, the, the process involved for Philly is strong. You move back six spots and you get an extra first. That is solid. The big hesitation I seem to have is what you're getting at, which is this is a team that is absolutely desperate desperate for wide receiver help. Yep. They could have had an, a megastar at six. One of those guys was going to be available, at least one of them. They could have had a megastar. Now, if they pick a wide receiver and they stay at 12, it might be a guy that's in the next tier. Another really good player, whether it's a Rashad Bateman as an example from Minnesota, but it doesn't feel like you're getting that mega super duper star at 12. And this might be one of those times where people will have a more short-term view than a long-term view. Are you, are you okay with Philly potentially walking away with either no wide receiver in the first round or a guy who's maybe a notch below those core four stars? I think what Philly's relying on is the depth of this year's wide receiver class. Because mm-hmm. after those first three and the first four, if you will, if you want to include Kyle Pitts, a kind of hybrid tight end, Kadarius Tony is probably the next best receiver coming out of Florida. And he's, he's, in my opinion, second half of the first round. 
Then you've got Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, Tutu Atwell from uh, Louisville. Both are slot receivers. Uh, Rondale Moore is another guy who's going to be in that late first, early second round range. And Rashad Bateman, who's a bigger, more physical receiver, who's more of a Juju Smith-Schuster coming out of Minnesota. So there are receivers that you can get that will come in and be impact players, but you're not getting a premier elite number one at that wide receiver spot. So I think the focus for Philly now shifts to the defensive side and go get the best defensive player available. If it's a corner, then it's Patrick Sertan from, uh, from Alabama. If not him, then maybe J.C. Horn uh, from South Carolina or, or Caleb Farley, the corner from Virginia Tech. And also keep in mind, they have linebacker needs. And Micah Parson, in my opinion, is the best defensive player in this year's draft class. He ran in the fourth threes. He's 6'3", he's 246 pounds, and he's so explosive as a pass rusher, cover guy, and sideline to sideline run defender. So I think it's going to probably be one of those guys, a corner or linebacker, when they pick at number 12. Yeah, so let's go to the other part of this then, Mel, with the Dolphins. You earlier spoke about how much of a fan you were of, of just the move, and Todd as well. So they, it feels to me, Mel, and I could be wrong here, but if when we woke up on Friday morning, if you had told me the Dolphins were going to land Jamar Chase, I'll just use him as an example, the 49ers were going to land Trey Lance or Mac Jones, and the Eagles were going to land, I don't know, whoever, whoever you want to say, let's say, uh, whatever, Devontae Smith. It feels like the team who's – well, I guess it, uh, yeah. my, my point is I, I'm doing a very poor job of articulating this, but it seems like Miami changed their reality the least yep. in these trades, but picked up value. So do you feel like they fared better than anybody in this trade, Mel? And does this, and I know both of you were already very much behind the idea of giving Tua at least another year to grow, which I know there was speculation that might not be the, the, the case, but does it feel like, A, this is a win for Tua, and B, is there a chance for them to – do you feel like they need to be locked in on the best pass catcher available at pick six? Yeah, I think they definitely do. And I think that was the whole method to the madness of what they were able to accomplish. And uh, they're sitting there knowing. They're getting – they're we said the 49ers are guaranteed a quarterback that they love. Uh, certainly, I think the, uh, the Miami Dolphins are like, hey, whether it's Chase, Waddle, Smith, Pitts, you know, we're going to get one of these guys guaranteed. Uh, they're going to be around. Uh, you know, maybe one's gone, but we're going to get the guy. Maybe we, we uh, reunite uh, Devontae Smith and Waddle or Waddle with Tua. Maybe it's Chase. Maybe it's Pitts. Uh, who knows? It'll be interesting to see what the Bengals do. Do they reunite Burrow with Chase? Uh, and then Devontae goes to Tua or Waddle goes to Tua. Uh, Waddle's the one guy, Todd, that people can't sleep on just how highly regarded Jalen Waddle is uh, in this whole process. Uh, this notion that it's Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle's right there. I mean, I agree, big board, on the big board right now, I have it Smith, Chase, Waddle at three, four, and five, with Pitts at two. That's two, three, four, and five in terms of who I think the best players in this draft are after Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, you know, if you're picking there now at six, and you're going to get one of those elite guys, Miami's got to feel awful good. Good. Go back to the first four games. You know, Devontae Smith had 13 more receptions than Waddle when Waddle was healthy for the first four. Waddle had 74 receiving yards. Think about that. 13 more catches, but Waddle has 74 more receiving yards. That tells you how explosive he is. I mean, you can use him on reverses. You can use him, uh, you know, in, in the screen game, the quick game. But he's also developed into a pretty good route runner, and he is so explosive vertically. So I've talked to teams that are still debating Waddle versus Smith. I don't think it's closed in terms of, you know, what the, the verdict is in a lot of these, these teams' draft rooms. And, and it doesn't surprise me because I go back and forth when I watch them, though. I mean, yeah. you, got, you got Silky Smooth. You've got the crafty, savvy, vet, like a 10-year veteran in the NFL in Devontae Smith. And then you've got this other entity in, in Waddle that it's like, he just he can explode on the – he only needs three catches to do what, what Smith does in maybe seven or eight catches. It's like having a filet mignon – Nice big Maryland versus a tomahawk steak. Nice big chicken. <laughs> you have chicken breast, and you got all these things. You're saying, I'm hungry. I want them all. Wait, Mel, you're, yeah. you're a steak guy? But I got to pick one. Okay. I got to pick uh, one. And well, that's where we are with those four players. Those four receivers are all great in their own right. But you, if you, sometimes I've always said to you guys, the field and Todd, sometimes it's better to take the one that's left. 
of the four. Let them make the call. Yeah, mm. Whoever's left and it follows to me, I'm happy with. That would be the case here. So one, one thing Todd had mentioned, Field, Micah Parsons had his pro day with Jason Oway. Micah Parsons ran 439 at 6'3", 246, yeah. 34 vertical. That's ridiculous. Jason Oway, Jason Oway, Todd Field at almost 6'5", almost 260 with 34 and a half arms. Uh, ran 4-3-9, 39 and a half vertical and did He's a brutal evaluation. Zero sacks from a year ago. Yeah. He's really the, he, he, I said Trey Lance was the most fascinating player in 43. He's years. the oh, he's the toughest. Is right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll ask you this. this I, I don't want to make this a full conversation because I want to get back to the, some of the stuff we were talking about. Um, but because there's no combine this year, everybody is obviously doing their measurables at pro days. And we know that pro day measurables tend to be you know, there's a home field advantage, if you will, right? Guys are running faster. 39 yards. That's right. Um, how much does that matter to you guys? How much of a difference? A lot. A, a lot. lot. And how, how so, lot. Mel? How does that matter? I'm, look, I'm looking at numbers from today. Ohio State running these incredible times. And I just know pro days, they're on your turf, your time. Everything's maximized. And I, I've always believed pro – now you're not apples to apples. The combine's there for a reason. Right. It's in, in the every year for a reason. It's you can compare – numbers this year to 10 years ago and you can get a you know a barometer there on where guys really stack well and the up. other thing well, Mel, too is mm-hmm. it's a four-day process where they don't let you sleep you're mm-hmm. testing medically psychologically going through the 15-minute interviews with dozens of different teams i mean it, you're exhausted by the time you get on the field to actually go perform so you can't compare any of these numbers to past combine numbers what you can do is and you can't do it 100 percent but the closer comparison is just a one-year isolated situation where it's this pro day number to this pro day number because we don't have the combine numbers. And to say that, you know, Micah Parsons 439 at 6'3", 246 matches up with some of the other great linebacker workouts that we've seen, it just it, – that, that doesn't compare because they've been sleeping at home. They've had everything they need. It's one day in and out, and it's not that four-day grind with all the pressure on you yeah. with 32 and, general right. managers and head coaches staring at you from the stands. And the problem you have here, guys, is – and the big problem you have is a lot of the guys don't do anything at their pro days. They go mm-hmm. to, if they go to their combine and they're running 4-4-3, they're not running again at a pro day. So a lot of the guys that do their combine deal, get ready for that. They're poking product. I get it, Todd. If they're doing great there, give them a lot of credit. But they're doing it now. They're, they're, they know what goes on now. They're prepped for it. They go to the combine. They do their thing. They're not going to do that at the pro day. So the pro day numbers for guys that didn't do stuff at the combine decided to wait till the pro day. And those got days were kind of dwindling because people now, players were getting ready for the combine. So these numbers this year, I call them skewed because my thing would be if you don't run great at a pro day, then what happens? You know, these numbers you see now are through the roof, and I just want – I don't know how you can compare these pro day numbers. You can't compare them to a combine. And since a lot of guys do well at the combine, you don't have pro day numbers for anyway, where are you doing the apples to apples? Well, you're not going to get it this year. So first year, you're not ever going to get that. You're going to be all over the place trying to figure out what matches. And the one thing I'll say to you guys, once you're in the NFL, does anybody care the height, weight, and speed of any of these players? Does anybody care? Once you're in the NFL, if they can play, who cares? You know? Stay healthy and play. Yeah. Um, I do want to go back to Philly for a second, only because they feel like a team that's become very intriguing. It might be a year away from right now. So they had some cap issues, which was going to limit their spending in free agency. So it's not a major surprise, Todd, that they were fairly inactive in free agency, but they now have the 12th pick this year and most likely three first round picks next year. They now own their own Miami's, and if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the regular season yep. snaps or 70% and Indy makes the playoffs, they own Indies as well. So this is a team that is loaded with potential draft capital next year. Does it feel like this is the ultimate evaluation year for Jalen Hurts? Or do you take this as, hey, maybe the opportunity here is to make Jalen Hurts the centerpiece and then just absolutely load up with weapons both this year and next around him. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're committed to Jalen Hurts. That's what everyone in the organization is saying. And, okay. and you've got to be because that's, that's your option. That's, that's the direction you went. You made that Carson Wentz deal because you, you thought that, he was, that Hurts was going to bring you more success moving forward. And it, it frees up a lot of money, too, let's be honest. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't think Jalen Hurts 
is going to lead Philadelphia or any NFL organization to a Super Bowl. I just don't think he's that level of quarterback. And I love the guy. I love what he did. I love how he handled the, the transfer. I love how he competed his final year at Oklahoma. And, and I love his mobility and his toughness and his leadership and his maturity too. But I just don't see the consistent accuracy there. But now you've got four first-round picks potentially, as you mentioned, in, in the, the two-year span. So you're going to find out probably at the end of next season, not, not 2021, but 2022, if Hurts can be your guy, if you get enough, enough players around him. I don't think it can be just this year as an evaluation. You want to see progress, and you want to see him kind of t- take that job over and show that he can improve as he gets more game experience in the NFL. But I think it's going to probably be 2022 when you have to make that final assessment of the quarterback position moving forward. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting with Philadelphia with the whole Jalen Hurts situation because you're not getting him that great receiver. You're counting on maybe the early second round getting a guy like Tutu Atwell, Louisville, Rashad Bateman uh, from Minnesota, maybe Diami Brown from North Carolina, Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU. Uh, I get all that. The key, though, I think for a lot of these teams is, Todd, this year coming up, and if you go to next year, 2022 draft, it'll be maybe Sam Howell, North Carolina, right? is the quarterback we're all talking about. Yeah. 2023 draft is where you may have the next Trevor Lawrence. And he's sitting down at Clemson. He started two games. He was phenomenal against BC and Notre Dame. DJ Uwe Angola. You got the name already, man. Oh, oh, I was just going to call you out on that. Whoa. Was that I just okay? called him DJ. No, that was tremendous. I tried it out on the Daria Mel show, and Daria ripped me for saying it wrong the first time. So, <laughs> Uwe Angola. It sounded as right as, that I, okay? as I could imagine it. DJ also works just fine. Yeah, DJ, DJ is going to be the guy. I mean, this guy didn't throw interceptions last year. He didn't throw interceptions in high school. He's 6'4", 250. He can move. He looks like the real I've dude. seen him live, Mel. I've watched him warm up. I've seen him live <laughs> thrown in games. This dude is a freak physically. I mean, I, I don't know what he's going to develop into mentally. I haven't spent any time with him. But you want to talk about tools. This guy has yeah. everything. I mean, he, he was built in the quarterback lab. And he, went, and he went out in two games last year against, against BC and Notre Dame and put up huge yeah. numbers. He did, yeah. Yep. He was incredible. So, again, as a true freshman. So, and remember, this is a true freshman who played as Trevor Lawrence without four starters on the line from the previous year, no Justin Ross who was injured, and no T. Higgins who was doing well with the Cincinnati Bengals. So, this was a different offense around the quarterback. And for two games against BC and Notre Dame, uh, DJ Uwe Angolale looked like a future <laughs> number one. Now player. you're showing off. Yeah. Now I got a good rhythm now. I got to keep going, you know? I wanted to offer, so, and by the way, um, one last thought on the Eagles. And I kind of feel like this is like an NBA thing that maybe is going to permeate into the NFL. But with, let's just call three first round picks for right now, most likely three first round picks for Philly next year. What it's allowed them to do is if something comes up and, you know, prior to the current situation and taking place off the field with Deshaun Watson, it seemed like a trade was inevitable. We'll see what happens there. Russell Wilson expressed his preferred four teams if he were to be traded without demanding a trade. Yep. Doesn't it feel like Philly has positioned itself that even if Jalen Hurts doesn't pan out this upcoming year, they're well suited or positioned that who knows what the next unhappy or less than thrilled quarterback might be where 
Philly's got ammo now that if they want to be a big major player in trades around the NFL, they can do so, especially next year if that first-round pick from Indy materializes. Yeah, and, ask- and, and don't forget, too, Phil, we didn't know about Joe – we knew about Joe Burrow. We thought he was a fifth, sure. sixth, seventh-round pick going into to the 2019 season. He's a number one overall pick. And then, you know, we, Kyler Murray had, had started a game and played one series prior to his, his final year at, uh, at uh, Oklahoma, and he's the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. And, and this year we got, we're talking about Mac Jones maybe going number three overall. He had started four games in the previous season and, and threw two pick sixes against Auburn. And coming into the year, we, Coach Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator, was just stay in your lane. Don't try to do too much. He's just kind of a, you know, a game manager, if you will. And then by the end of the season, he develops into the guy that is running the whole offense and has been had more installed by Sarkeesian than any other college quarterback he's worked with. And that's a pretty good lineup when you, you go back and look at his, his days at USC and, and other places. So uh, to me, we always say, well, next year's class isn't that good. And there's always at least one, if not two or three guys that move up in that first round range. Yeah, guys, I don't want to get off topic too much here and field and Todd, but I, let me just say this. We said, we, I think we all agree Carson Wentz was basically gifted to Indianapolis. That was a, a great move that we all believe for Frank Wright. Yep. That Carson Wentz is there for a, maybe a one, and well, there'll be a late one and a third round pick. Sam Darnold, I'm reading today, may only get a third round pick. Now, if I can get Sam Darnold for only a third round draft, oh, choice, I would, I would run, I would give I me, mean, uh, I, give me sixteen hotlines right now, and I'll pick them yeah. up. I'm calling because yeah, I want, I want Sam. Uh, give me Sam Darnold if I'm the, any team that's sitting out there. If I'm Carolina, he's twenty three years old now. He, he's the same age as Kyle Trask. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mel, this is a guy that's done nothing except try to compete and do what he can despite adversity. And you can get him – if you can get this guy – what was he, a third pick in the draft a couple of years ago? Third pick, yeah. All right, yep. for, for a for – because a, we remember, Josh had to make that improvement, and this would have been kind of Sam Gier to make it – we get some help. And Josh did get some help with Stephon Diggs. They made that improvement. There are still people doubting Josh Allen this time last year, like they're doubting Sam Darn. I get it. Oh, oh, his numbers are so bad. He's one of the worst quarterback stats. I always say stats are for losers. If you just look at stats, they're for <laughs> losers. You can't just look at one step. step. You got to look at it as a tool. I call it analytics. It's analytics. Who's, it, who's the best the receiver that he's had during his career? You look at it exclusively. Exclusively, <laughs> it'll bury you. Okay? And I think with Josh Allen, they were burying him on his analytics. And it didn't matter. He had made major progress, but they didn't see it because they were looking at the numbers. And then look what happened. Sam Darnold, looking at the numbers, he's horrible. He's a bad quarterback. No, Who's the best receiver he's had, Mel? Mm-hmm. Who's that? the best receiver? Who's the best receiver he's had? Who's the best tight end he's had? Yeah. Who's the best running back he's had? Le'Veon Bell you know, comes in and then gone. The answer is probably Jamison Crowder, who is like a nifty slot receiver. But yeah, he's a, he's a good, he's a good number your... three. Yeah, exactly. When he's out there, when he was out there. Yeah, yeah, they had Braxton Berrios out. That's there, right. You no, know, no I mean, it, it, is a case, it is a case where if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm the Chicago Bears. I know they got Andy Dalton. I'd rather have Sam Darnold, but that's me. But if you're Carolina, I wouldn't have, if I can get a Sam Darnold for a three, I'm happy. I don't know what's going to be. I completely I don't agree. Pittsburgh no. Steelers is the heir apparent that Big Ben would be perfect. Yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh could fall right in that getting a quarterback that everybody loved three years ago. Now everybody hates enough to make him a third round pick. If I'm the what Steelers, about the Patriots? Well, the Patriots, yeah. the Jets won't make it within the division, but any of these teams, I agree. I, I would take him over. I, I would take Trevor Lawrence. If we were stacking Sam Darnold up this year, I would take Trevor Lawrence. Then I would take Darnold. Then I would take Wilson. And then the rest of the guys. It's a fascinating conversation. I do think the Jets, assuming they take Zach Wilson number two, are going to have a market for Sam Darnold. It reminds me, and not perfectly, but again, the Cardinals waited until after day one of the 2019 draft to trade Josh Rosen. That was when obviously they took Kyler first overall. Wouldn't surprise me if Sam Darnold, hey, Schefter tweets at 10, 17 a.m. on Friday April 30th this year, Sam Darnold traded to blank for blank per sources. But don't so. you think, and I know, I know they got decent compensation, but don't you think it, you have better trade value now before the draft to, to send Sam somewhere else than you do after? Because if, I if you take Zach agree. Wilson at two, you're, you're signaling that this is our guy. Yeah. Now you I, still have value because, you know, Sam Darnold could be the bridge or they let him compete and all that. But I would think if I'm going to, if I'm going to, 
general manager for Carolina, New England, any of those teams we mentioned, Chicago, I would think that there's better, you know, it's going to be trickier to make a, a deal prior to the draft, which puts Joe Douglas as the GM of the Jets in a better position with leverage to get a, a deal done before. You know something, Todd? I completely agree. And now that the 49ers have already played, you know, showed their hand, it yep. gives the Jets, in my opinion, like even more reason to not worry about showing what they're going to do at pick two. Like the whole league assumes we're taking a quarterback. Heck, the team that just gave up th- two first round picks in future years to move up to number three just assumes the Jets are taking a quarterback. I'm with you. Now, I don't know. And Sam Fran didn't even call him, as I said. They didn't yeah. even. So Interesting. They, everyone knows in the league that, that the Jets are very likely to take, a, take uh, Zach Wilson at number two. Uh, Mel, I'll get, I'll get us out of here in a couple of moments. I just want to ask you quickly about this. I've had a couple of two teams that I think are sort of ancillary winners in these two trades, the Bengals and the Lions, because I think the board shaped up well to, for them to fill some needs. Do you agree that Cincy and Detroit mm-hmm. unintentionally were winners from the Miami, Philly, San Francisco moves? Yeah, I, I think Cincinnati's in, in a really good spot. Uh, you know, that pick's going to have value. There's a lot of players that they could be looking at here, the receivers and Kyle Pitts, when I say the mm-hmm. wide receivers and Kyle. Uh, and then you factor in Penny Sewell and Slater, the two offensive linemen. But I, I would think the receivers – I Pitts is number two on the board and then the three receivers. So I'm looking at Pitts. If he's there, if he's gone, then I'm looking at one of those wide receivers. You are probably because of them being LSU and Joe Burrow saying, go get – Jamar Chase for me. Let me reunite with the guy that I was throwing 20 touchdown passes to back in 2019. The average was 20.3 yards a catch. Then you go get Burrow. I mean, you get Burrow, the, you know, Jamar Chase. So Cincinnati's in a great spot. You mentioned the Lions as well. They got options here, trading out, using that pick on a receiver to help Jared Goff. Uh, you know, they see, but they have a lot of needs. They need linebacker help. They need, obviously, the wide receiver, the O-line, the secondary, D-line. They got a ton of areas to hit. Cincinnati, if they can get the offensive linemen in this draft and, and take advantage of the great depth in the interior and a tackle, Cincinnati should be able to draft probably two linemen minimum, maybe three. Then look at you get the receiver, you get the tight end, and you still take a receiver or a tight end if you don't, whatever one you don't get. Then get a pass rusher and probably at some point in time, maybe a kicker down the road. But uh, in terms of, of the Bengals, I agree with you. I think to be able to sit there where they are knowing that we're filling a hole somewhere, be it at wide receiver, tight end, or offensive tackle, we're in really good shape. I, I think the, the team most likely, if I had to bet right now, Mo, the team most likely to make a move prior yes. to the draft would be Carolina us. from eight. You know, Carolina moving up to eight. And the nice part is if you're Cincinnati at five or Detroit at six, you know that, that the team moving up is going to get a quarterback, and you don't need a quarterback. So, mm-hmm. so you can move down and still – both teams need pass catchers and for Cincinnati offensive linemen, but you can move down to eight and you're still going to get maybe not Jamar Chase or Pitts, but you Devontae Smith could be there or Jalen Waddle could be there. So you can still move down to eight and get that receiver. Uh, so to me, it, it makes a lot of sense because the team moving up again in Carolina would be moving up for a quarterback, which would bump everyone down a pick. And, and the one thing that makes it interesting field is, is the whole burrow chase. Tua Smith, Tua Waddle, yep, keeping yep. those, keeping that synergy going with your quarterback. How important do the organizations feel? Like how important do the Bengals feel with Joe Burrow getting chased? And for Miami, for like we get Tua, Waddle, or Smith, you know, how does that all play out come late April? It's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, Todd, I mean, you and I talked about this right after you went to Mobile, but the Panthers made no secret of how badly they're looking for a quarterback yes. this offseason. The options dwindled away in free agency. Not that there were great ones. And they seemingly are dwindling right now in the draft as well. So I would expect them to be aggressive like you. Last thought that I'll close with is simply Atlanta sits at pick number four. And they seem to have a lot of power now if someone wants to move up. I can't, I can't get this thought away from me. And I know it's not even close to a need for them. But just in terms of how special the player is, what do we wonder is like if, if, my, if Atlanta just turned in the card of pick four during the draft, with Jamar Chase on there, I'd be sitting there saying to myself, I get it. Like, that's how good this player is, and it's a new regime. I, just, I, I can't quit that thought. That Bill, to that point, I, I'm, I'm finishing up my mock draft that's coming out on Thursday. Mock, yeah. mock 4.0, two rounds, Kuiper. Yep. You do a two-rounder? Um, <laughs> but I, I've got – Two months I'm ago. really struggling <laughs> because 
if you're Atlanta, you don't think you're going to be picking this high again, right? right. I mean, that's the expectation. You've got Matt Ryan now in a, in a better contract situation. You've got him locked in for the next couple of years. And he can still play. I mean, look yeah. at his numbers, his stats, and his durability as well. So do you take a quarterback here because you're picking this high and you don't expect to pick this high again? Or do you take a player that's going to make Matt Ryan better and give your, chance, your uh, team a chance to make a run? I think Kyle Pitts – and Jamar Chase to a – in a different degree, but Kyle Pitts gives them a different entity mm. in terms of what they can do from mismatches. And I'm struggling with that. Do, do you give them a quarterback in, in Trey Lance or, or Justin Fields, or do you go with Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase at that number four spot? Or do you have Atlanta moving out of that spot, taking advantage of a team like Carolina, trying to move up to secure that fourth best quarterback on their board? I would go to Arthur Smith. I would say if you're Arthur Smith's my head coach, right? This is yeah. an offensive guy. You see what he did with Ryan Tannehill and all that in Tennessee. If he loves a quarterback and he loves the quarterback, then you take him at four and he's the heir apparent in, say, two years or a year to Matt Ryan. Yeah. If he doesn't, this is his call. Do you see a quarterback that you think can be special in your offense? If you don't, then you take a receiving entity to help Matt Ryan. If you feel like he what's Matt going to be 36 in May, right? 36 in May. Yep, yep. Quarterbacks are playing until they're 40, 41, 42 now. Give Matt Ryan three more really good years. Give him three more really good years. Why are you going to worry about a quarterback? Just go get. And you're in a division with Carolina trying to figure it out. New Orleans right now does not. They're going to give Jameis or Taysom. Okay. Tampa Bay can't go one forever with Brady. If you get three more years out of Matt Ryan and you're helping him in this draft. I agree, Mel. A, a receiving entity like you mentioned, Kyle Pitts. That's a way to go from picking fourth to picking maybe 24th or 28th or 30th. This team not long ago was in a Super Bowl. They could have mm -hmm. won and should have won. So I think unless Arthur Smith loves the quarterback, Todd, I'm with yeah. him. Take the guy That's where I'm leaning. I'm, I'm leaning. I'm leaning Pitts at that number four spot. Uh, maybe worth noting that prior to becoming the Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith was their tight ends coach. So you can imagine <laughs> a guy that coached the position wouldn't hate to add the best prospect in a long time at that position. Uh, Mel and Todd, you guys have been talking between this and the TV show that you recorded prior to this for like nine hours straight. So we're going to wrap it up here. But <laughs> it felt like Friday was a jolt of energy uh, into the draft. Uh, the first draft podcast is always focused on the draft, but it feels like we got that much more fodder. We are back next week and we're going to start getting into some of the more team specific needs and evaluations going into the draft. I'm Field Yates uh, for Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper Jr. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday.